So welcome back to a new episode. Please don't forget to hit the like, drop us some comments about what you want to hear next time. We have some YouTube legends with us today. I think it's probably easier if we all introduce ourselves. I'm the village idiot. And then we can go to Sam. The other one. I'm Sam from My Up Garage, who's also the village idiot. <laughs> Ad? I am Adam C. I film village idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chiro Champion of Petrodens.club and we bring village idiots together. Yes. That is a perfect start. Well done, everybody. <laughs> so um, today we're just going to talk about general stuff, what we've all done together. We've been lucky enough to share the same room quite a few times, been at shows together. A lot of fun. All these people who you see on your television are normal people, good people, good fun people. So we always have a good time together, but let's go a bit more into depth so that you can understand exactly what each people do for a job, if you haven't already seen them. Sam? So basically I started my own YouTube channel a few years back. Uh, I signed a contract with Discovery Channel to have my own TV show. That all got killed by COVID. So I started opening my own garage and I still build cars on the side like GT40s. I'm building a NASCAR-powered Dodge Charger. I built some weird and wonderful stuff, but... On a day-to-day living, I sell cars and that's how I make my money so I can come and hang out and do some crazy stuff with you guys. So you had your own TV show? Yeah, I signed a contract with Discovery back in 2019, flew out to Vegas, drove a NASCAR-powered NASCAR wheelie car from Fast and the Furious Dodge Charger to SEMA, had everything squared away, my life sorted, and go basically COVID took out the carpet from under my feet. So yeah, pretty, pretty bad, but you know, brought me back to a realisation that you know, the dreams don't always pay off at that time, you know? No, no, but love, what, yeah. Well, great story. That's it. But I'm here a sad today. ending, but you know, that's... <laughs> you, you say it's a sad ending, but without the way it's happened, I wouldn't have the money I have today. I wouldn't be sat at this table with like-minded, amazing people. I wouldn't be where I am today, driving stupid cars around a car park backwards, you know? So we're talking a negative into a big fat positive. Hell yeah. And obviously, Adam, I'd imagine most of you know who he is. You've seen his sarcastic comments around the world. Uh, which are absolutely hilarious. I don't think anyone's seen my sarcastic comments. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why it's so good. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, he uh, rips the piss out of pretty much everybody. I do and it it's lightly. Like, it's I don't brilliant. actively make fun of cars because I respect all cars, but I, I, I just, I notice elements that others might not notice and I let the audience make their own minds up about it. <laughs> With your opinion and, basically uh, pushing them forward. It's hard to give an opinion on YouTube because it's always going to be wrong for someone. So you have to be neutral, but still entertaining. So yeah. I try, I'm, I'm treading on dangerous territory sometimes, but I, I try to be careful with it and the respectful. extensive thought process you yeah. go through to make those witty comments has <laughs> blown me away. They are so, so funny. So funny. And Chiro? So uh, Club, we uh, have come out of the lockdowns having built some collaborations with some amazing clubs and just built a bigger audience. And we're running car shows at multiple venues around the UK I get a big kick out of bringing Petroids together and we have so many subcultures and we bring them together at a Halo event at Petroids Live each year at the end of the car show season. So I just love what I do and to be able to do what I do in the automotive industry is a dream come true. No, perfect. And when you do these shows, can anybody do a show? Does uh, And obviously a lot of the times they are sort of um, celebrity-based because Adams, I went to Adams, 
yeah. which was a, a great day. And I know you do a few different peoples as well. So it could be a coll- collaboration with a car club like Tucked Automotive. Uh, we have our own business now where we have three or four Tucked motor shows uh, a year. We do Adam Seafest. We do Calvin's Car Diary. So a couple of very well-known YouTubers that have a following. But we also do it for car clubs like the Arbaf uh, Owners Club. Wouldn't have a clue really to put on their own event to the scale we did it. But we went straight off the bat and had a sellout with 520 Arbafs their very first year. So with clubs like that where they grow into an event and we can grow the event further, it's based on a club coming together. Or it's based like with Adam Seafest, it's based on what Adam's following is and that about about 3,500 people at Wilton Mill this year, and it's just going to keep growing bigger and bigger. What I know how to do is bring a Marshall team, do all the background information, book the venue, write the event plans, have the insurance in places, and what Adam knows how to do is activate his audience and get them there. But every year with any event, we always look at how to make it bigger and better and refine any issues because when you work with a new venue – uh, you try to think of everything, but there's always little niggly things that you can make better every year, every venue. And sort of how has the the numbers been this year? Because the one, the few, well, three or four car shows we've attended, it seems to be absolutely buzzing out there at the minute. It is absolutely buzzing. What we have seen is with the uh, cost of living crisis that people more and more are considering the distances they're going to travel for a car show, um, especially when petrol hit £2 a litre. We would get messages saying like, no, sorry, just can't afford to drive there and pay the entry fee, uh, especially with li- literally just coming out of Petrol Hedonism Live at Nebworth on the Friday. I had two or, pe- two or three people that commented on our adverts about the show just saying literally cannot make it because I can't afford it. And, travel. Yeah, travel and buying food when you're at the events, etc. It is a full-on day out, which is great. But in that instance, I just did the nice thing. I DM'd them and sent them a ticket and I said, look, you know, come along, bring your kid along. And it's about the kids. It's a great day out for the kids to see the cars. And with the array of cars we have across the whole grassroots uh, subcultures that we have, it's just a phenomenal day out for the whole family. But we have seen strong ticket sales this year um, throughout all the events. And next year, we're just going to build on that. Brilliant. And how was your own car show? It was always going to happen. Like I film car shows and I have been for nine years, almost 10 years. So it's always made sense for myself to host my own show, but without curious help, I don't think I ever would have done. And it was a a learning curve and it worked out fantastically. I had a great time. We had, as Jerry said, three and a half thousand people turn up. We'll go bigger and better next year. And the feedback was all positive because you, you worry that, you host an event, you do this big thing and then your name, because literally my name was the show, Adam C. Yeah. Fest. It was only like a working title and it just stuck. But I didn't want that to be dragged into the dirt for some people to turn up and then it'd be like cues to get in for miles. But I knew that Shira would be the man to help me out. And it went really smoothly and everyone said it was such a great show. And the the part of it that they enjoyed the most was the variety. Mm. And because I, I like a variety of cars, <laughs> I film a variety of cars. And as a result, we attracted a great variety of cars to the show. A lot of it is modified cars because that's my main kind of niche. But we had some, 
a Ventador covered in dirt. I don't, he didn't wash it before the show. And he arrived like sideways on the grass, which I think was really disrespectful. Idiots. I didn't see it myself, but I've seen a video circling around That's of this Aventador banned from events. Banned and from events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've seen it since then. So I, don't, I think he's gotten away with it, though. I hate those people that stand out and egg people on at events, you know, with their cameras hanging yeah, out. Yeah. Really annoying, Adam. This, this talk of sarcasm is not really going away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was it was a fantastic event. I can't wait for next year because I I want to make sure it's it's bigger and better. I need to do something bigger and better myself. I need to maybe buy a vehicle to reveal at the show because people like the hype. Because um, I had all three of my cars there, and it'd be good to have more than that next year. Hopefully, maybe. And what about what about the attendance and the the people who knew you, because it seemed to me staggering, yeah. staggering how many people wanted to stand by you, meet you, have yeah. a picture by you. Well, in it my video unbelievable. from the event, there was, I was like the Pied Piper. I had a, a group of about 15 young fans following me. You could see them in the background whilst I was filming myself running around, well, yeah, literally running around the show because I had like a, a half hour slot between seeing, speaking to people. I spent the whole, like most of the day just speaking to people. A queue had formed to, this was never planned, but I was just talking to people, getting pictures. Chiro's laughing because he knows, <laughs> he, he saw it happen. I announced it on the uh, microphone. I said, so if anybody wants to selfie with Adam C, he's on the start line right yeah. now. And all of a sudden this majestic queue just yeah, formed. Very and British. it never stopped. No, it would kind of, I was like, I think I was itching to go around because I was re realising it was like one o'clock, two o'clock. It was beyond halfway through the day. I wanted to film some content because otherwise if I didn't make a video from my own show... <laughs> What's the point? Um, so I was like anxious at the time. And then the queue would eventually, just people asking for pictures to speak to me, to sign some merchandise and stuff. And people even brought gifts, which was fantastic. Amazing. Um, I had some like little replicas of my replica Cobra made for me. Two different people gave like their own painted Hot Wheels toys. Amazing. Um, but yeah, the queue would die down and then it would gradually get even longer as I was like, oh, good, good. And then it would get longer. And um, so my, my, I think my, my parents attended, my uncle attended. It was the first time they'd seen anything like that. And they must've been blown away. Exactly. Yeah. They, they talk about it just forever. I got a nice picture of like my friends and family. They all had a little picnic by one of my cars, but um, it, it, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And in the YouTube video, all you can see is all the fans following me trying to get in the video. And that's all the comments are. I was like, I was thinking in the back of my head, at least it will get some nice comments. Or From my point of view, I've been watching your YouTube videos yeah. of my own events for years. Mm. And I, I've always said you're one of my favorite YouTubers. I get to relive the events, but second favorite. <laughs> <Sorry about that>. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of where I came from coming into that collaboration with you, I knew it was going to be a success. And yeah. I kind of know how you affect people and with your growing following subscribership that it was just going to be a phenomenal event. And I had no doubt that it was going to be great to the extent it was. I also knew that we'd already have a second year available to us and how and which direction we're going to go in. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's great to be from my side of view because I look at the logistical planning, the pragmatic part of the event and also the venue we've got was phenomenal. And it was unreal looking at the aerial shots. We've got so much yeah. more space for so many more show cars as well. So we can, potentially look at having areas for classics for JDM and just yeah. have all these subcultures again represented. The people that follow you are so eclectic as unreal. Because yeah. initially at the start of the day, we had no necessary plans for diff different sections because I was yeah. worried that 
we hadn't done it before. We didn't know what the traffic would be like if we were to like, okay, you go there, you go there. But just on the day, like the marshals did it. They said, okay, yeah. ja- all the Japanese cars went in one section, all the BMWs in another, all the Fords, the classics. And that works so well that we are going to have It, it makes sections. it so much easier yeah. to, to, to walk around. And yeah, sit. definitely. And then all the like-minded people are parked next to each other yeah, who yeah. are probably friends as well. So it makes, a, yeah. I think, a better day out. Yeah, I had a um, a Friends of Adam C section, which was like a top 25. I didn't get an invite. You didn't. Uh, I didn't even know you were coming until you turned up. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, it was a top 25 section of about 29 cars. So it was oversubscribed. But these cars were parked down the the start, because it was on a casting track. Yeah, yeah. that was the start So the starting grid of the, the casting track was the uh, more eclectic so you were showing off you've got 25 friends that was exactly it <laughs> 29 mark 29, 29. 29. Yeah. his mum like, and dad don't <laughs> my, my mum and dad were in that section <laughs> yeah um so uh, I, I wanted a mixture of like friends of mine like they bought their, their like a triumph gt6 and alfa romeo gt junior 1600 um porsche 993 and so I wanted their cars in, in the lineup because they are friends of Adam C. And then other people whose cars that I have filmed before and are known to the channel. There was a white chaser at the front, uh, Toyota chaser in white, brave turquoise wheels. So cars that people would be familiar with from the channel, cars of people that I know that I also know would stand out and be big show cars. They were on the main grid. And um, and then at, I can't remember what time it was, Chira announced this we had the, the Queen's Jubilee because it right. was, um, we had the national anthem played because oh, yeah, it was the Queen's yeah, Jubilee. Yeah. And then after the national anthem played, um, Chiro was on the mic, it's Adam C. Fest. And then we did a big rev off and I ran around the cars with my camera filming as many as I could. I think you'd gone home by then. You got bored of it, maybe. I don't I think we were there to the were death, there? I think. Yeah. We, did you take part in the rev off? Um, no. No, I think he was eating a burger yeah. at the time. Oh, yeah. No, because yeah, the go-karting thing was at the end of the day, wasn't That's it? That's true, yes, because you beat me because I was, this is my excuse, I was knackered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> too busy, too what, worn out arms. From oh, those I, I, I was just driving around, just like getting shaken around, like I can't be bothered. <laughs> Partially because I knew I wasn't going to win. I was just like, <laughs> it went on for ages because we had, it was, had a small casting track, those who didn't know. There was, it was the big outdoor casting track we had the cars parked on. Then there was the small one, which we had casting going on for other day. And the winner of each race throughout the day got to race against me. And obviously yourself was, you were one of the winners. And at the end, I was just like, I had this whole day of talking to people and being with people and I was like, and I have to cast and it was like 20 minutes or something, which normally I'd love, but I was just so worn out. I think I came second last in the end. See, I, I, I won the, the session just before yeah. that. So I was oh, also so you've 40 got the same minutes. Excuse, yeah. <laughs> so I had 20 minutes of qualifying, which seemed like the longest 20 minutes yeah. of my life. But I realised that it was actually quite a short 20 minutes because the next 20 minutes was yes, a lot longer. Yeah. So did you did you win in the end? Or were you uh, second? Sec- was it? No, third. 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 Okay, yeah. I got an Adam C trophy, which yes. is... Is that on your... This is the biggest one. It's the biggest <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah. The only one I didn't buy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam... Yes. Your story. Uh, well, basically, I've been a... I had a dream when I was a kid. I watched the first Fast and Furious movie and the Dodge Charger Dominic Tractor drove was like my dream car. Like, I'm never, ever going to achieve getting it. And uh, 2018 came and Fast and Furious Live just got cut dead. And um, I basically got 25 grand in the bank. I was like, what am I going to buy? I'm going to buy one of... You know, I'll buy one car. I ended up walking away with four. I had, like, the, the Dune truck that... Um, was involved in the train heist from the movie. I bought the green Mitsubishi Eclipse. I bought the Fast and Furious Charger. And then I bought the safe 
That for, all for that 25 grand. 25 grand, yeah. And the safe was probably the best thing I bought because the safe... Had money in it. <laughs> joking aside, we'll talk about the money in a minute, which I'm still earning money from today. But they were all electric. So they all had Tesla motors with electric power. So you press a button, they went forward and backwards and you press a button and the wheels spun. They were like magnets. They made them so that basically they had a big projector on top of the, um, the live show and they projected the road onto the floor. So everyone would be sat watching it from all the way around. And the road would move and they would have a race between the green eclipse and the Dodge Charger. The Dodge Charger would do a wheelie. They'd go forward and backwards and the road would move. It was really cool. But basically, the show was a flop because it was designed for car people, but not designed by car people. So there's some really cool stunts and stuff. But if you're a car guy, you want to go see real action, real smoke and whatever. And what it worked out was I ended up buying four massive cars. And it was like, how the hell am I going to get these back? So I spent thousands of pounds getting them back and I'd, all the motors were worth thousands of pounds so i paid five grand for every single car basically and then plus fees worked out like 25 grand and i basically got my money back just through the electric motors and the batteries which was like i've only ever watched people die with electricity and when i was a young lad i was putting a light bulb up in my bedroom lying, laying in bed so i had a high bed electrocuted myself and laid there for like eight minutes being electrocuted so I bought an inch rubber That must mat. be the world record. And so I was laying there like, my dad come up and turned the switch off. And I was like, oh, he's like, you're right. I said, no, I'm nearly dead. I nearly died. And he's like, don't play around with like Can we dogs. replicate that? Like, that would make great TV. That's it. I bet it wasn't eight minutes. I bet it was like it two was seconds. Yeah, to, I mean, to you, it was like, it's been an hour. I can't reach the switch and it's too nice to put my finger in here. And um, that's what? not the first time or the last time that's happened. But... Um, so I bought these big rubber mats and big rubber gloves and I was disconnecting the electric Tesla batteries and dumped them all out. And I sold them to um, Ed China, his mechanic, and he made these ice cream vans that run on battery power, which was quite cool. Um, and then I had like this 1970 Dodge Charger, which in my opinion is the coolest car in the world that is not road registered, that turned out it was actually owned by Universal Studios and it was a real movie car from the movie, which was unheard of. And then I had this Carl Edwards NASCAR. So I had two cars. And number one was really fast, but I couldn't drive on the road. And this one was really cool, but couldn't drive it at all. It was pointless. So I thought, well, I'll cut the floor out of the Dodge Charger. And then I'll cut the NASCAR in half, extend it eight inches and weld it all back together. And then I'll drive it to SEMA, the biggest show in the world in America. And everyone was like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. And I was like, well, the only people that fail are the people that give up. So... I cut it in half. Everyone told me not to do it, extended it, made my own roll cage. Like it wasn't FCA approved or anything. Like if I rolled it, I'd have probably died, but it looked the part. Put the hole inside like a NASCAR. I even had a sound system company called Arc Audio contact me and say, we're going to give you audio. I'm like, cool. So I had like a boat stereo with massive bass cannons. You'd have a speed boat over your roof, but stuck to the roll cage. So basically when I was driving across America, like 200 mile an hour, I'd have the stereo on full blast, listen to country music. It was hilarious. But yeah, I got rested for doing 168 mile an hour, which was pretty cool. That is a cool speed. It was the coolest thing. 168, they picked me up on the helicopter. Um, <laughs> they pulled us over, 30 of us, on a big succession of team, and we got pulled over. And they went, who's the idiot in Dom's charger? I was like, oh, that'll be me. Turns out it was four o'clock in the morning in England. And uh, they were trying to contact my insurance company and everything like this to try and verify, because I had no number plates on it, nothing. And he was like, do you know how fast you're going? I said, well, sir, I was only regulating myself by other road users. I don't have a Speedo. In, in England, it's not a law requirement to have a Speedo. Well, clearly it is. And um, <laughs> he was like, oh, well, there was a Ferrari in a Lambo and I tried to sort of regulate my speed with them. Well, clearly I knew I was 
you know, I was in fourth gear for the first time in like 400 miles. And um, yeah, 168 mile an hour. And the only reason I got away with it too, wasn't for those meddling kids, I tell you. Basically what happened was the county sheriff hated me, absolutely hated me. But the state trooper who has the overall jurisdiction loved the car and said, my son is at a university four hours away. I need like a picture in your car. So I paid an Uber ride for his son to go from his university four hours to me to get a photo and take him up on the road and he let me go. Let and me. there's corruption right there for right you. There. <laughs> you yeah. should be in prison right now. You should still be there rotting away. But no, yeah. you had a cool car. I had a cool car. <laughs> and then I got back. I took my dad with me as well. So we drove from Lincoln, Nebraska. It was like 10 degrees. It was quite cold. But we woke up the next day of the day of the drive and it was minus 13 degrees Celsius and it was four inches of snow. There was not snow in the day before. I had no wipers and no heating. So I went to Walmart and I bought some sleeping bags and cut some holes in the bottom. So I drove like 500 miles, me and my dad in a sleeping bag driving across America. It was amazing. I got to do that with my dad. So when I got it back to the UK, sold it. Everyone's like, why would you sell your dream car? I said, well... Most people, when they get a dream car, they get to drive to a car show or an Adam C Fest or whatever once a month or do whatever they can. It goes away in the winter. Well, I built it myself, drove it to America, took it to SEMA, which people don't ever get to take a car to SEMA their whole life by the time I was 32. And I got to do it with my dad, you know, stuff you'll never forget. From that point on, I've built my business off the money that I sold that car from. So one day when I'm well off enough, I'll be able to buy it back if I really want it. You do know? you know where it is? I do. It's sat in a museum in Austria, Fast right. and the Furious Museum, which yeah. is quite cool. So there's a plaque next to it. Um, it's signed by Cody Walker, Tyrese Gibson. One of the coolest facts, which I will move on as quickly as I can, was when Paul Walker died, it was devastating for me because he was like the nicest man in the world, did stuff for charity. He was a lovely guy, had an amazing family, supported everyone. When he died, I was devastated. I met his uh, brother, Cody Walker, at SEMA, and I said, I want to make a... Um, a gear knob for this car I'm building in, the, in like coming up to SEMA. He's like, do whatever you want. So I made a gear knob that was by um, Speed Dog Gear Knobs. They make all the gear knobs for all your Cobras and everything like that, the big white ones. And it said one, too fast, three for pull. So at the bottom it said too fast for pull because the Dodge Charger was always okay. a bit too fast for pull. And um, Cody Walker signed it. it, was like nearly in tears. They signed the dash and that was me done. <coughs> It was about as cool as it gets to have Paul Walker's brother sign the car, Tyree sign the car. Apparently Vin Diesel's seen the photos of it. Like, it was a cool thing, you know? The thing is, you arrived at SEMA 2019. I was going to my first SEMA ever. Yeah. And a f- mutual friend of ours, Paul Gardner, said to me, you've got to look up Sam. You've got to find Sam. You two are going to get on like a house on fire. I went and found him. And he literally was attracting everybody. Everybody was talking about that car. And when I got there, Elo was there. Big Chris and Richard Rawlins came across to it. Um, there, there were people from across the scene. It was a phenomenal moment. And I was there at that moment meeting him for the first time. And his car was covered in crap from this journey that he'd done. But this detailing company had detailed half of it. So there's literally a line down the middle. One side was mint. The other side was just covered in crap. And then obviously you had the protruding supercharger and like... Um, what, what do you call it on the so you, top? So basically you had the blower, which is the supercharger with the air, the air catcher out the front, the bug catcher. And uh, the funny thing it was- It wasn't real. It, you flicked it, the button, it went, powered <laughs> up, right? So you open the bonnet with the supercharger stuck to it and all the NASCAR chassis oh. and everything. And you turn the supercharger on while it wasn't even attached to the engine. It was so cool. You say my detailing company, well, Maguire sponsored me before when, when we started to do the build. And I was like, shit, man, they gave me like this massive bag of free shit. I drove the car and it looked like this. It was salt on it and dust. And we did donuts in the desert and the Nevada salt flakes, 
Salt Lakes or whatever. And I turned up, I was like, I don't want to clean it. And he was like, well, Maguire's hooked you up. So I flew to Ed Bolian's to do my first ever VimWiki story, right? And my dad and all my friends went up on the top of the um, Circus Circus car parking lot, mask and take half the car and cleaned it with Maguire's. Well, Barry Maguire came up to me and went, this is the best publicity stunt I've That's ever brilliant. seen with my product in the world. It was cool. It was amazing. And we've been friends ever since. And we're going to SEMA this year. Mark, you should come along. Yeah. I'll be there. In that, be my case, first time in, in that case, in that case, I'm going because I have actually been promised I can share a bed with Adam. Oh, <laughs> you, you can be the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam, obviously, I've seen you now a lot doing a lot of presenting, which obviously seems to fit your personality, your voice. Um, is that somewhere where you'd like to go further? Yeah, I mean, I've been building my YouTube channel for a few years. The last six months, I've really been pushing it. You know, we're, we're building GT40s, that kind of stuff. But presenting work for me is a way of me feeling comfortable in my own skin. You know, when you grow up, I was bullied for being different, getting my hands dirty, building cars or whatever I could in my lunch hour, whatever I could do. That was a brave man bullying you. Was, oh, mate, honestly, I used to the I used to get picked on about everything. My second name, Hard, you know, you can imagine <laughs> only Hard and the boys changing rooms, this kind of stuff. Like it all came out. So when you grow up, you you're not you're not sure if it's cool being different, you know. And uh, there's one person I'd like to meet in my life, and that's Rowan Atkinson. Because growing up watching him, he kind of showed me that it's okay to be fun and cool and put on a persona of being a crazy guy. But when you need to click your fingers and someone walks in that's professional and lovely, you need to adapt yourself to say hi and act professional. If it wasn't for him and the way he perceives himself in his different acting careers, I don't think I'd be who I am today. So the presenting work, I can stand up on stage like I was the presenter for Petronism Live. And I can stand there and I can speak to you know, Sir Alex Ferguson or, you know, Harry Redknapp and be polite and have a real, you know, upper scale to me. And on the same hand, someone can come on in there, cosy and go, you're right, mate, how you doing? And I can drop myself and get into the vibe so he doesn't feel out of place either. And for me, feeling happy in my own skin is like, oh, I'm not used to. So last year, being able to do it and now, I don't think I've ever felt so comfortable with that mic in my, in my hand and just pulling out the best parts of people. You know, don't want to be on mic, I don't want to be on film, you know, don't worry about it. By the end of it, you're talking about the attributes and the loveliness and the good hard work they've put into their cars and who they are as a person. At the end of it, they're in love because you've brought out all the stuff they want to talk about without even knowing it. And I think and that's the best This bit. is one of the things because uh, we'd worked together through the lockdowns and built our relationship. And when it came to me organising Petrolism Live for the first time last year, I was so busy with organising the event in the background and stuff. I was like, who can run the stage for me? And there was only one person I could entrust that to was Sam, his knowledge of the cars and the way he is with people. And I just said to him the night before, you just need to be you, be Sam, be out there and talk to people about their cars. Because if you're talking to them, that's their passion. They're going to open yeah, up. Yeah, and he passion. absolutely smashed it. And I'm really proud of him. Should we talk about the first time we met? Yeah. So the first time we met was the British Motor Show, right? No? Oh dear, <laughs> I'm in trouble here. <laughs> Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Blimey, see, I can't even remember because I was that intoxicated. So, uh, <laughs> awkward. Well, I've been watching. So, basically, I work 14-hour days. And the only time I ever get to watch videos is through Reels or Instagram or whatever because I don't even watch my own videos. You know, that's how when Ed Bolian sends me a video saying, hey, Sam, can you proof this video for me that we'll get millions of views, I look at it and go, Quick slide, picture, cool, well-placement, cool, done. Yes, I don't even watch my own videos. I don't have time. Um, and I'd seen you do donuts with helicopters over you. And 
you basically gave me every ambition in my life to do some more stupid stuff, which we've had fun doing today. And Goodwood Festival Speed, I went to it five years ago and it was amazing. Second time I went back, it was the same and it got more and more boring. So basically, for how my business has progressed, Goodwood Festival Speed for me is a piss up. Sorry, but like <laughs> I get everyone in a day van, we get 40 bottles of beer between five Love of that. us. We jump in, ice, and we, we for an hour from leaving Portsmouth to Goodwood Revival, we've got to clear the boxes, right? And then what I do is... And I, that's not a long drive. That's, either, it's really. like 40 minutes, yeah, <laughs> tops. And we're all smashed by the time we get there. And then basically what I do is I, I kind of have friends that work at Goodwood, so I get a windscreen sticker that says I'm a VIP drop-off. So we've got like a 90s day van, yeah? I put the VIP bit in, so you've got like brand new Rolls Royces dropping like all these millionaires and all these celebrities off. And we jump in like this old shitty eight ladies day van. We're all getting out in our tweed stuff. It's all smashed by 9.30 in the morning, right? five o'clock somewhere and uh, we get out and then basically I try as quickly as I can in the first two hours to go say hello to anyone that I probably shouldn't ruin my relationship with and say hello and then throughout the day I'll get more and more and more drunk and then basically it gets to five o'clock and we're hanging we're like heading over to the car park and I'm like oh I've seen this car the dirty car the Mark McCann car it's amazing and I got to say hi Mark how you doing? Terry Grant walks up to me and gives me a big hug and says hello mate you're right he comes down to chat with you. And by the time I get to speak to you, I am out of my tree. Like I am hanging. But I don't drink much. When I'm in America, I drink like a fish. Don't drink on the weekends. Like probably once a month, I'll have a few beers. But that is my gig for getting smashed. You're like, who is this? Drunk. <laughs> it was good. It was good for, we, we talked, me and George talked to uh, Jane and she, we said you were coming today. And obviously she knew who you were, from, from, <laughs> but only from the British Motor Show. Oh, okay. And we said, no, no, you've met Sam before. And she said, where at? And we explained who you were. Yeah. And she was like, that wasn't the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was him. And uh, yeah. I've we kept all, him sober. Uh, all oh. my events, there's a, there's a remit. He has to stay sober. When we go to America and we film with Ed Bolian, Gas Monkey, wherever we're going, he has to stay sober. But, but not at SEMA. SEMA's no. off, off the car. SEMA's oh, is that a different rule, is it? SEMA's oh, my yeah. gig, my jam. I get smashed at SEMA. I'm glad I'm not sleeping with him in you too. Well. <laughs> yeah. So of, we'll all get smashed. One of the best things for me is like Chiro says, like, you know, when I'm paid to do an event or have a role, like being a presenter, uh, I got offered to a very special party Saturday night when we were at uh, Petrodinism Live. Got a phone call from one of Richard's boys and we're like, we're having a big party tonight, mate. Sam, you're coming. I was like, do you know what? I'm with Helen Stanley. I'm with Adam C. I'm with my friends. You know, Richard's someone who's a friend too. But I got like Scott Ratarossa, Adam C., my buddy Tavarish, who I made the phone call and said, can you come to Petronism? He jumped on a plane. He turned up. I phoned Rob Pitts. He turned up. I'm not ditching my friends. We right? had some to, chips and burgers as well. We did. I can't I, waste I that. I treated you to a, to a lovely five, five guys. Five guys, yeah. And um, I'm not ditching my pals, right? To go and have like a one night craziness that I'm going to regret in the morning. I'm there to do a job. I'll have a shandy, whatever. <laughs> but I'm there to do a job and I want to deliver that to the best of my ability. At 7.30 next morning, you were there, bright eyed, moving cars, getting in, I'm in control. You're in your tweed suit, ready for action, mate. Tweed suit looked amazing. I'll tell you what, this is the most amazing thing. So, Building up to Petrosin Live 2021 is he asked me what sort of look and he'd worn something at Goodwood. And I said, mate, I think you need to stand out on that stage, get yourself something tweed, just be totally different to everything Petrohedonism Live isn't. And he got this suit from Oxfam for £15. He had the most phenomenal suit made for him this year by a friend of ours that's a tailor in Manchester. And it cost him zero. And it was even more amazing he stood out everybody knows who you are sam everybody 
listened to you and were took in by your description. There were people learning about their cars from you, Rob Pitts, Tavarish, when you were talking to him on the parade. Oh, you know what? Being next to Rob Pitts, if you ever meet the guy, he's got the voice that will make your clothes fall off, even as a man. You know, Southern drool, baby. So I, I had to put like freaking, you know, the braces that you have on trousers mm-hmm. that fall down? I did them on my underwear so that when we were talking, I knew that I would never get decacked. So, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but we are going to put a picture in right now of what Sam looked like yeah, at the show moist. so you can see yeah ladies yeah. <laughs> he won best dressed he got a trophy that's it but you know what being part of this group this is how this stuff works you know thinking about it like 2019 we're at SEMA my TV career got killed and I had this car sales business that's doing okay and I text Chira I said hey man going to do a podcast, like a video podcast. You fancy coming in? He's like, okay, no worries. We went crazy with the technology. We were live across different social social formats. Five guests from around yeah. the world and hooking people up. And we interviewed Tavares. We interviewed Rob Pitts. We interviewed friends over in LA. It was just phenomenal to do that with people from all over the world. And we were driving to each other's place in either Southampton, Portsmouth, up to Bedfordshire, but remotely connecting with people across the world. And when at a time when people sat at home doing nothing, it was just a f- great time for us to just build our connection, which has just flourished. And now with the British Motor Show, for me to bring like-minded people together and my my thing about you three and Scott Ratarossa and the, the others that make up our group, like everybody's selfless, everybody's out to help each other. And whether you're doing things together on another day, it just makes sense for us to work together. That yeah, British think, Motor Show, we killed it. I think that's a good thing about YouTube, which we've talked about, that we're not in competition because people need this. Are we not? <laughs> damn <laughs> that's why I'm losing I didn't realise we were in a fight <laughs> and when, when when people are looking for stuff which to fill their evening's entertainment which obviously we all get told there isn't enough stuff and everybody wants more videos it is great that we can sort of share each other's uh, platforms and uh, enjoy each other's content which um, I thought well I watch everybody else's but um Scott, wouldn't it? And, but, then, but then Sam told me today that he didn't ever watch any of our stuff. So it's oh, the last time oh, you're going to see him on the channel. You, you say that, but I am subscribed and I have got the bell icon tick. So guys, if you're letting them down, then, you know, at least I've made the effort. I may not have seen any of his full videos, but I've seen every single reel and everything like that on your channel. And if you go through and you'll see all my likes. You know, so My, yeah, my, my thing is the platform that I offer is by being able to bring you guys to the forefront as well. Like what we did on that National Geographic stage. Oh, that was amazing. Smoke show was amazing. Being in the yep. live arenas, but having that space as well for you to sell merch um, and have your cars on display in Hall 5. Literally, we brought that event to life and I'm so excited about what next year brings. But I love providing that platform as an event for you guys to come along and interact with your subscribers. Um, yeah. You know, we had a Petron Live this year. We had Matt Watson on a Saturday. We had uh, Tim Shmi 150 there. And just seeing how interactive and giving people that accessibility you know, that they're watching us, they're supporting us, they're subscribing and they can access you at the events. It's, it's a new genre of car show that I'm moving into and I'm always developing, but I love having you guys there. And it's so important that we're growing the network bigger. Um, but I've got some exciting stuff for next year. It's unreal. That British Motor Show, to be fair, sort of like some of the highlights on there for me was, like you say, the show and then the, Commonwealth oh uh, my God, that games was that was mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic and 
you know, it was it was a very, very special weekend, helped by the weather, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a great chance for all of us to be in it together, really. And I think um, when we were behind the stage, waiting to go onto the to the to the stand, you know, that was you know all sat there in our little green room. It was it was yeah, pretty special. It was special, it? yeah, and something I'll never ever forget. I seeing back the footage of us up on the stage, like when I've posted a picture, like how how did that happen? I'm like, I don't know. It just did, and it, it was amazing. You know, it's funny you say that because like it's the first time I've ever been like presenting where I haven't got a hand mic, so I found myself doing like yeah, the, the fucking Macarena. Yeah, yeah, you, you had the, <laughs> you had the Madonna yeah, thing going on. I was like, you know, this, and I was just trying to find myself comfortable and this. But when I watched the video back and saw myself. It actually looked quite natural yeah, how we're sitting good. and stuff. And um, I'm quite tactful with how I ask questions. Like, it was lovely that we were bouncing off each other. But I found out so much stuff on those interview areas, which we didn't know. And, like, it's amazing how far you've come up. Like, just to watch how you started and what you've done and how you've built up in your collection, it's Amazing. It gives so many people like encouragement and enthusiasm to try harder and push and be as good because like they say, the only people that fail are the people that give up, but you really do open the doors to anyone who wants to come and have a chat with you. Like you were, you had the, the Ken block car, the Lambo, you had like everyone there and you know what? It just shows that there is a way of doing things differently. Even your merchandise is like such a high tier of quality that it's just a different, everything you do is on another level. And I love that. And Sam has got a fantastic opinion on all the stuff he talks about and you should, everyone should listen to him. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true. You know, you, when I sell stuff. I appreciate it. Thank you. The the quality of stuff is so important, you know, looking at your t-shirts and the embroidery is perfect. The way it's put together and the way you present yourself is amazing. Oh, thank you. That's very nice to hear. Thank you. And for for me, when we were on that stage and like when we all looked at it and it said influencers, you know, it was like crazy to think that um, I've yeah. always been a bad influence, but, <laughs> but like, yeah, to be like classed in, you know, I've watched obviously for me being sort of like the new kid, um, when I watched sort of um, Jack's Boris and obviously Adam's sort of um, uh, in and out of the car shows, uh, and then to be sort of like a part of that on the stage was, yeah, it it's, was It's a funny word, it was amazing. influencers. I think Yanni brought that up, you know, influence is a funny word. I, I've, I like the idea that we're content creators. I like the fact that we we inspire people. Um, it is a funny word, but, you know, it does acknowledge the fact that you have a following. My following is more of a real life one rather than my social media one uh, in that I, I just came out of the lockdowns and realized how many people I knew in the car scene having done car shows since 2007, but built up like a Rolodex in my head of what people own and everything else and coming out of uh, the lockdowns doing the car shows, also sourcing cars for CarWow and uh, other uh, genre of car sourcing that I do. It just made me realize that I have so many real life relationships, which are inspiring. People are inspired by the fact that I know so many people and how I've done that. And it's just relationship building and networking. And the car shows, more than anything, is a network for the people like yourself that bring along a Lamborghini SVJ to meet other like-minded people. But the best thing is we all share the same passion, whether someone's parking next to you with a classic Fiat 500 or, and you've got your yeah. SVJ there. Yeah, totally. That's relative in terms of where they are in life or what floats their boat. 
Adam with his MG classic car. It's great. And what we've all been able to do is have cars in different genre as well. So we appeal to the different subcultures of what I like to call I them. totally agree. We, we have all got a shared interest, haven't we? That's for yeah. certain. And one thing which I noticed about your shows is your team of people seem absolutely amazing. Yeah, I um, have employed up to 52 people at our hotel um, before the lockdowns and it was a real tough gig employing 52 different personalities, characters, but they're employed to do a job with the marshalling, what I've learned, they're all car enthusiasts, yeah, they're yeah. all petrol heads. It's so much easier having the first person you meet know the difference between a Ferrari and an Austin and not just the colour or anything, but knowing the differences and my marshals play a key role in parking people up, but also being able to relate to them. You know, mm. we know people want a good spot. We know we want cars to be be able to be pictured so they're not parked up like they're in an Asda car park. Um, that is so important. And the best thing is they're doing that role with a smile on their face. Yeah, yeah. And I, I couldn't believe it. It was one of the earliest uh, events in 2020 where one of my marshals, you, you'd think that giving them the role on the front gate is the worst role because he's not part of the event. He's at the front gate came up to me at the end, forgetting that he'd been there for the arrival and the departure. He came up to me at the end and I'm thinking, oh, he's not very happy because we've got to rotate him or something. He's like, cheer up. I just had the best time. I got to see all the cars arrive. I got to see them all leave every single That's one. what Adam does for a living. I was thinking yeah. that sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give him a high-vis jacket next time. But Adam, you, we've talked about this before and obviously there's that element of encouraging people to do the wrong thing but obviously there's also that element of capturing that supra going into the bushes at <laughs> Sharnbrook for instance scoop yeah. captured or the, it's a fine line isn't it and yes. you know we're, we're conscious of that with your own show we're mm -hmm. conscious of that as marshals for our shows and having you know there's moments at the British Motor Museum when we did Tucked that there were as a family with young children sat on the central reservation mm -hmm. because everybody's trying to get that footage of the cars coming out sideways, which we do not condone. And we actually called the police to act as a deterrent at an event like that. How do you, and I think it's important for people, how do you mitigate that? Because it's something we've spoken yeah, about. Yeah, it's something, especially this year, I've done a lot about because I don't want car shows to be put at risk because if there's no car shows, there's no enjoyment, there's no me in a way. There's um, So... Whenever it gets too stupidly dangerous, like there's the worst, I think one of the worst things is cars that just keep coming back and doing flybys at like 80 to 100 miles per hour and just think that that's impressive. Like any car can carry speed. And it's just, that's when it, I just, maybe I do film just in case, but I, I don't upload that anymore. The, the really you, stupid stuff. Do you find that people want to do stuff to impress you because it's you? Probably, maybe uh, it's kind of. I know that's not your fault. I know but... it's, it's it's a shame because I all I want to do the the whole reason I did it is well we'll, we'll rewind back a little bit. So 2012 is when I kind of started doing it. I'd go with the the car spotter group of people. Um, they do a lot of London car spotting, and then they go to supercar shows. And at these supercar shows, they would film the cars leaving, which was something that I'd watched a bit of on YouTube myself and really enjoyed. Because not only do you get to see all the cars, but you get to hear them. Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's the key yeah, point. Sweet spot, yeah, because yeah, yeah. otherwise it might as well be a photograph. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was before I used to speak in my videos. Um, so I would film the supercars leaving. And then I had a friend who was into modified cars and I wasn't into modified cars originally. He got me into it. So I started thinking, well, I'll attend some modified shows. And no one filmed modified cars leaving 
So I would like to imagine that I'm the first person to start filming non-supercar shows like the exits. And it was great because you get to hear them, you get to hear the turbo spool up. And yes, some some people like to show off for the camera so they can watch it back and show their friends. And yeah, that yeah. is always going to happen, whether it's me stood there, whether it's anyone stood there. Now you get maybe two to 300 people at certain shows stood at the, the exit because they want to see what they watch on, on YouTube. It's, it's not quite as glamorous as the video because the video is cut and shot to like a 15 minute yeah, chunk. Yeah. Whereas I'm sometimes stood for about three hours filming the cars and it's just waiting around. And then a lot of the footage isn't used, but people want to see their cars leaving. So people want to yeah, find their yeah. own cars. So I almost provide a service for that. But if people are going a bit too far, it, it's not worth putting that and almost glamorizing it as much yeah, as yeah. it's, yeah. I've kind of, I'm not trying to, encourage the misbehavior because I don't want shows to get shut down, but then I don't want to seem like some kind of hypocrite, like, Oh yeah, I don't want people to send it because that's what people enjoy seeing. So it's, it's a fine line as it has been discussed. So how do, why is it sometimes, how do you decide when it's a, um, cause I've seen some of your videos, obviously of cars going in and yeah. then sometimes cars going out. Mm. So what makes the decision on if it's any or an outy? What is in yeah. entering the show? Yeah. And the, I, my new thing is I, I love filming cars arriving because everyone's kind of hyped up for the event, yeah, yeah. looking forward to it, often shouting my name out their window. And I can see the whole show just driving past me and they can rev their engines. It's all safe. And it's just as entertaining as cars leaving. And a lot of the time, it's just me stood there. So it's like yeah, not, yeah, going yeah, back course, to 2012, yeah, yeah, yeah. 13, 14. Yeah. And, and it's, it's that just surprise me. factor because you don't necessarily know what's coming over the brow of the hill. And that's another thing, next, yeah. Exactly. Whereas cars are leaving, it's like, oh, what's we, oh yeah, that 9-11's still to come. Um, yeah, okay, oh, we wait for that. And you've seen everything, you know what's coming. <laughs> um, and then cars leaving, you're stood with 200 other people all filming the same video as I am. Because yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, I, I like doing both, but cars arriving is kind of my new favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, especially at Silverstone events. That's a good, cause it's, it's gets cars coming from both or three different directions and it's all, all happening at once. And there's a queue of people and everyone's like so excited and they see me and they're like, Adam C and revving their engines. <laughs> and somebody uh, say Adam C. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, but cars leaving is always what I've been more known for because they're the videos that get the views. So more people, recognize me from from them and they they are videos that i'm still going to do because it's it is great fun seeing cars accelerate down the road and do, do you see it. the same people the same cars that's that's the trouble yeah so i'm trying to go a bit further afield to see if i can find different cars or go to america is the the people doing the same as what you do in europe different countries america yeah is a an Adam C in so Germany. There's a couple of Adam C's, very much Adam C's. I won't name any names, but there's, there's a few YouTubers in in Britain that are definitely they're not Adam they're, A, not Adam B, but Adam they're, C. they're inspired by my format oh. and they they're doing the same kind of thing, which is fair That's enough. A very they, well, good put way of putting. Yeah, it. <laughs> um, so imitation is the greatest form of flattery, and nothing yeah. against them doing it. They're, they're making their videos, I'm making mine, um, but I haven't seen a similar thing there's a few in the states um there's a lot of people in the netherlands who film cars leaving um but there's no one really i don't know if it's about the language barrier because the yeah, vast yeah, yeah. percentage of people do speak english so it's easier being an english speaking because you get more of an audience whereas if you don't 
know English very well, although the Dutch do know English very well, it, it's hard. So there's not a lot in, in Europe necessarily, but the Dutch do love a car's leaving video, I've noticed. Because that one video you've got with the one with the, the sort of crash compilation. Yes. What number is that video on? So uh, that was a bit of a lockdown project of mine because I didn't, I was, I was always not firmly against, but I was always like, no, I don't really want to make a, a fail compilation because I don't want to glamorize people's misfortune. Yes, if something happens, I'll put it in the video of the day that it happens, but I don't want to make one big, and then it lockdown happened and there was nothing else on. And that was- And you had bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you're not glamorizing it, but if they've decided to drive like a dick when they're leaving an event, then they need, yeah. from my point of view, they need to be named and shamed because they're putting- events at risk of not happening. So yeah. I thought it was a great thing to do. I, I always protect the identity of who, whomever I Yeah, film. I see that because sometimes you blur them and sometimes it, you don't. Yeah, so it, if the way, if I was that person, if I would like my plate to not to be shown, then I will blur it. It, spend, it takes several hours per, yeah. per video to do it because I have to do it like almost <laughs> frame by frame. Um, but it's, it's, if anything, it's also to protect me because if someone's plate is on my video, then they get into trouble as a result of my video. Well, that's not, going to do well for anyone really. So I, I, I do my best to do that. Yeah. But the crash compilation was my lockdown project. Um, I was made redundant. I used to work in a car storage facility. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I did all sorts there as, as alongside YouTube as well. Um, but I never had the, the, the balls to, to leave that and do YouTube full time, but then I was made redundant. So I was like, okay, well, now I kind of, I've got this platform that I could try and do full time, but there were no car shows. There was nothing to do. So oh, I was a bit stumped. So I was like, okay, I'll do some compilations. And this was before the drive-by car show that I did around then. Um, so yes, the crash compilation, I didn't know. It, it, I've only really filmed a small, a couple of handfuls of, of accidents and none of them have been major, thank God. Um, but there was a mixture of just funny fails and people tripping over and this and that and stalling their engines. Always fun to see that I put, and I kind of formatted it in like accidents and then a fail, then a stalling engines and bikes, then this and that. So I made a structure out of it. It's a 17 minute video and it got, it's on, I think 21 million views. Wow. I've got three words, dog, cat, fox. We'll come on to that. So um, <laughs> that is my second most viewed video, the cars, the car crash compilation. I think it's, it's hard to say, but I think it's like maybe the fifth most popular car show video on the whole of YouTube. Amazing. Wow. Um, based on views. Um, but my first most popular video is a film from 2012, right when I started, well, I uploaded it in June, 2012. And it's called Dog Saves Cat from Fox. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't. It's my most popular video. <laughs> Literally, it's awful. So um, there's, a, there's a fox in the garden. So here's something. My mum filmed on her camera. I didn't even film it. Oh, you didn't. You, <laughs> can, <laughs> you, can hear in the, you can hear in the video me, like a, a young Adam C, before I used to speak to, you could hear my voice saying, oh, no battery. Exactly like that. In fact, that, that rings. And um, it's because I brought my camcorder out and wow. there's no battery. So my mum was filming on her little digital compact camera and um, there's the fox there. Just, I don't know why we're so fascinated in this fox. We, we see foxes all the time since then. But um, then one of the neighbor's cats runs into view and then the fox sees the cat and then chases the cat. Then my brother is holding our dog, a miniature labradoodle called Roxy, who's still alive and kicking to this day. And um, she barks at the fox because 
we kind of tease her, say, Roxy's a fox. And she knows the word fox and she just likes barking at foxes. She barks, the fox stops, looks at the camera. There's a bit of red eye from the camera's sensor or whatever it happens. So it looks like a Terminator fox. And (laughs) then the fox runs away. And it's like, okay, dog saves cat from fox. The dog doesn't physically go and save the cat. And it's not, the intention of the dog isn't to save the cat, but the dog did inadvertently save the cat from the fox. That video has 27 million 27. views. Wow. And yeah. that bought my MGB, my first really, car. Really, Roxy mm. bought the car. Roxy that bought the car. so cool. And it helped fund my way through university as well. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, that's my my top video. I just want my car videos to reach it if if possible um i don't know that the crash compilation did so much better than i thought it would do and it helped me through lockdown and now i can i have the ability to do youtube full-time which i would never have dreamed of and as i was a toddler like running around i would run around car car parks not even car shows but car parks and i'd name every single car and i think one of my first words i'd You're famously say doing is, that now exactly <laughs> That's exactly what I do, but for a living, I run around a car park and name cars. That's there's nothing glamorous. How, how many do you look at, like in the UK, and think I, I don't know that car? When do you remember? Is that very often? It, it happens. I don't want to sound like big it is what it is, but it, is like, it, it is. happens very rarely. It's happened recently. I can't remember what car it was, but I remember saying I don't know what this is, and I I was surprised because. Part of the reason is you can't get something wrong on YouTube because someone, everyone's going to complain about <laughs> I've never, it. I've never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like on a recent video, oh, what did I, I called a mini pacement. I called it a countryman because they've got the same front oh, end. Oh, idiot. They've just, I just didn't, <laughs> I forgot, person. I forgot the pacement existed. And then I had like five comments, which is fine. Five out of 150 or something in the yeah, first. Yeah. Uh, comments saying, are good. We all know about the algorithm and stuff. So maybe so. I, I've always had in the back of my mind, like, should I do a video of like an idiot goes to the car show and just call oh everything wrong? That's what that you would need be to a do. brilliant that video. That's what you but need to do. I'd need to pick a car show that I is, would one like a throwaway car shows because I, obviously I wouldn't be able to get my normal good video out of it because I'll be like it almost wastes the day away because I get a stupid video out of well, it. But you know what you should do is, you know how you did go through your video and get the car compilation video yeah. of like all the crashes? Mm. You should have like the Adam C fuck up video with like all the mistakes you've ever made. Like, in every I video. don't save the mistakes. I, well, I, they're in <laughs> there. I've got all terabytes of, of footage. Uh, I've probably filmed, I think I film about four terabytes a year. I've got it all there, but I, 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 um, I document all of the car footage. So I've yep. got these A4 pieces. Of, I'm quite old school. I've got this portfolio like folder full of a an A4 page per car show. And I write down, I go through all my footage of that show and I write down what car is in each clip and then little, the number of the clip and then a little symbol for drift, burnout, rev, startup, uh, and then a, a symbol for fail, little symbols on the side. So when I make these compilations, Perfect. I can go through each one and go, okay, that's that clip, that's that clip. Because otherwise it's just S007124 file and it, it's hard to find. So that's how I make the car videos. But I do a end of year, uh, like funny and weird compilation. So a lot yeah. of my, I don't know, slip ups can be there, but that entails going through all, Wow. All, I, I upload one video a day. So all 190 videos of mine um, to to see, to find the, um, the, the the funny and weird stuff. So that takes time. But um, yeah, it's, it's I have to buy a new hard drive every two years because they come in 10 terabyte ones and it's just building them up. 
but I, I like to keep the footage so I can make compilations. So if something like a global issue happens, I can I make com- compilations of um, like Nissan Skylines and they also get good views as well. Um, so like a Skyline compilation, Evo, Subaru. Do you have people asking, say, can you film me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. And I've, I've got to be careful because a lot of the time it's, it, a lot of the time it's like, oh, could you film, why haven't you filmed my Vauxhall Corsa 1.2 Easy Jet or whatever it's called? Uh, sometimes I can, I can get the vibe and I know I can joke about it and I'll be like, why do you think I haven't? But some of the time it's genuinely their pride and joys, like it's, whatever yeah, the car course, is. Yeah, Similarly yeah. though, when you've made the sarcastic comment, have you yeah. had people have a go at you? I think, because uh, I think maybe 60% of my audience are British and they, they get tend it. to get the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously there have been people that have annoyed. I've remember there's a, a chap with a, 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 I won't say what car it is, a, a modified Japanese car that really got angry with me because he thought that I was tearing into his car. Turns out it was a misunderstanding and I think we're okay okay now, but... I'm yeah, I'm treading <laughs> treading waters. Um but no, I don't I never I never want to abuse people. I I, I try and find cars that I know that the owner knows that it's like if they've got Barbie all aspect. over the car, obviously that's not gonna be done for everyone's taste. And they, they know yeah, it's not yeah, gonna be yeah. so I can start saying, I'm a Barbie girl as it goes past and they'll be fine with that. Whereas the yeah, other other people genuinely buy a hatchback, put some Halfords style splitters and spoilers on it. And that's what they like. And that's, they're proud of that car. So I need to be careful because these are young, we're all enthusiasts. We're all in the same, there's no point creating enemies and, and, and rivalries. And it's, I'm just, I'm trying to be careful, but I'm also trying to be entertaining because that's why people watch my content. Similarly. I I, I never find it, um, I suppose. Yeah. It depends what sort of like your sense of humor is, but yeah, I'm amazed you'd have thought that 99.9% of the people would get your humor. Yeah. And like you say, cause that's, that's why people tune in. I think yeah. the, the sarcasm, the, the witty comments. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot different to, I think you can't really rep, be replicated on the same level unless you've got your sense of humor. And that's what I'm pleased about. At least there's that that can't necessarily be easily replicated. And I've always had a, a fairly dry sense of humor. I've always been into comedy. I'm not going to pretend that I'm any kind of comedian. I just, I go to car shows and I talk about cars in such a way that you would with your friends. And that's what you do. You have a laugh with each other. You see a car and, and have a laugh. And I, I just, but yeah. Think, see, thinking about it now, like I do not watch any of your videos to see who's coming and going to that car show. I watch it literally to hear yeah. your funny comments. Well, as I said earlier, I, I used to not talk in my videos. And as a lot of people who do the old camera in the but back then it was just Shmi 150 and that was it. And anyone to hold a camera and talk to it, it would be like, oh, you're imitating Shmi. I remember doing it a few times in London and it would be like, oh, oh yeah. Just kind of, it's, it was his thing. He was, he was the guy that, and then gradually through 2014, 15, a few more people started doing it and they had a lot of, oh, you're, you're Shmi. Now it doesn't really happen that much, but you still get it a few times, but um, where was I going with this? Oh yes, that was it. So I would film just general car zooming videos. And then I, I, don't, I don't know what I did in the car show without talking. I think I must've just done cars leaving videos and car spotting and, and, and capturing revs, like running. I would run after cars just to get a startup as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you, you both know with Lamborghinis, a group of people waiting there behind yeah, you for start. that startup. Um, and then 
it's a bit of a touchy subject in a way, but I was friends with this chap called Anthony, known as Gas Kings online. I don't know if any of you remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And he he um, did some things that people weren't pleased with and he got in trouble. So he, this is, this is my easy way of putting it. Uh, so he, he had a YouTube channel and he would talk, he would narrate every single YouTube channel. And I think by, about that time, I'd do a few little jokes around in, in videos, um, like me and my friends going to Monaco. And we, that was my first kind of introduction to talking in videos. And he told me, Adam, you need to talk in every single video, uh, even the cars leaving ones. I was thinking, why would I talk in a car's leaving video? It's just, it's all about the sounds of the cars. And he's like, no, Adam, you need to introduce every video. It's people follow people. And that's how you, and I, I took that advice and it was genuinely from, from Gas Kings that I started doing that. It took some time to get used to. And every now and again, you get people that are new to the channel and and they're like, shut up. I want to hear the cars. But a lot of the time I do allow gaps and I can kind of, I've been doing it for so long. I know when a sound's going to come and I, I, I uh, time the conversation to, to so I stop talking so you can hear the cars. And a lot of the time, even when I am talking, you can still hear the cars. So people people like to complain. But the thing is they're going to, but the, the narration and commentary you give for me is what makes the video, like yeah. Mark's already alluded to. It's your dry wit, your humour. My kids, ranging from 12 to 18, when I've got one of your videos on re-watching one of my shows or one of the shows I haven't been able to get to, mm. again, it's to see what was at the events and you've made this point yourself. Like you go to shows and take it to people's living room for them. Cause not everybody can get out to those shows, yeah. whether it's geographic mm. restraints or monetary restraints, or just couldn't get there that day because they had to work and you do that. And it's the narration and the commentary that makes your videos so good. And I love rewatching them back and I have so much fun and I do laugh out loud because you are hilarious. Yeah. I think one of the ones this year was Turvy Manor, uh, which was tucked at the manor. Yeah. And it was such a traffic buildup outside because what we didn't realise all the residents retain their parking spaces across the um, the road on this one way in. I mean, we literally could only get one car up and one car down at any one time, which will be addressed in future. But that meant you had the opportunity to literally walk the traffic yeah. in both directions. And that's what I mean about cars arriving. It's 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 so new and, and great because the cars come, literally cars are coming to me to They're film. coming to you, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then we had the mad professor who was the mad mental scientist. butcher. It, it was a butcher who was a bit concerned because he didn't get quite as many customers because not as many of the locals could enter the village due to the traffic that the event He lost caught. thousands of he sales. Lost in thousands of sales. So I just called him an angry scientist in the video and it got good views because <laughs> he was dressed in his butcher's coat they look like a scientist coat he was a man and then the comments were no he's not a scientist oh, yeah. he's a butcher yeah, I was like, yes i know but <laughs> angry butcher's not gonna necessarily get the attention of people um but like you say like you know your kids like to see the cars leaving literally jane watches adam's video she could not care less what the car was yeah not it's all about just the sense of humor and the yeah. comedy oh, that's good to does hear. not care yeah what car show it is or what car it is. It's literally just for the sarcasm and the wit. YouTube is an interesting platform, especially for humorous content, because comparing it to the likes of a stand-up comedian, their success is based on the laughter on the of the audience they they can they can use that to learn about what they're doing right if it gets no laughs then maybe not that one yeah, yeah whereas yeah. us I, I put up a video I have to rely on people physically commenting and then even then that's just a comment it's not you don't see the, uh, the, the reaction, the, the, reaction yeah. the, the personal reaction. So it's it comments on videos and I'm not trying to 
say, give me, give me more com- the comments on videos are so important to, to influencers. And I, I, I've been, I've had my YouTube channel since 2000 and it's either 2007 or 2009. I think it's those, one of the two. And I've been doing it properly since 2012. And I have read every single comment on every single video, wow. even ones with 27 million views. If it's like a long paragraph, I will skim read it, but I've made sure. And I, cause I started doing that and I still do. And I, 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 every day I go through and I read every single comment. So I do read comments. I don't have the time to reply to every single comment, but that comment tells us what we need to improve on, yeah, what we need yeah. to do more of. How do you deal with though? And your, your page is much bigger than what we're putting out on our YouTube channel. Cause as is quite in its infancy, but how do you deal with the negativity? Cause it seems like people are sat there as keyboard warriors yeah. being able to say what they want and they try to make it as negative as possible. And they, and as a human that hits you and you question what you're doing yeah, and why you do yeah. it. Like you're at that level now that we all aspire to, but how do you deal with it? Because also the other thing I want to kind of really load this question is how do you deal with the amount of notifications you get? Cause at 50,000 on mm. Instagram, I've just done the biggest show of my life. I've got, days of notifications and I kind of had OCD that I want to clear everything and want to reply to everybody and want yeah. to share what they've tagged me in, but I can't. So A, how do you deal, deal with the negativity and B, how do you deal with all the notifications? So, time? so I'll talk about the notifications first. Um, so YouTube, I, they send me emails every now and again, and they're annoying. So I just go to the comments page when I want to in my leisure and just scroll down the comments and read them. I sit back and I love it. Uh, Instagram, I think I've still got notifications on, but mine aren't too bad on Instagram. It's not, it's manageable. Um, but at Adam Seafest, oh, you should have seen, I was just, I couldn't believe how many yeah. messages and story tags. And that's why I've seen with, with events. Live yeah. as well with my event. I just can't catch up. Yeah. And I feel bad because people have taken that time to tag us, use our hashtag. Exactly. And yes. they're representing my event through their page. And yeah. so I just, honestly, there's people I know that have millions of followers. I just don't know how to kind of manage it. Yeah. So I'm still at a manageable level. And obviously I hope I get to an unmanageable level because that's good. It's always good. <laughs> and I'll have to find a way to, to deal with it. Um, but the, to dealing with the negative comments, a lot of the time I just have to force myself to just delete and block and just forget about it. Cause oh, really? otherwise I'm the opposite. Yeah. Well, no, I, I am naturally the opposite. Right. Cause I am sarcastic in my nature. I'm also sarcastic in my responses. And <laughs> so I, I, I sometimes do reply and sometimes that creates a whole string of comments and then makes an enemy out of someone. But a lot of the time it makes a whole string of comments and then all other followers chip in. And then most of the time it, it comes up because a lot of the time there's no need for the negativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no need for it. And as, as, as been said before, people just love to hate and they do it just, and weirdly I've started uploading onto Facebook and I thought Facebook would be kinder because you've got your personal profile, your name and your surname against your comment that you're making. But no, Facebook's brutal. Harsh. Wow. Wow. Really brutal. Same. So um exactly the same. And I so I've just been TikTok's deleting. Absolutely <laughs> savage. Yeah, TikTok, TikTok's <laughs> probably the worst. TikTok, then Facebook, then YouTube, then I think Instagram's all right. Yeah. Mm. Weirdly. Um, but I'm I feel like I'm quite fortunate. Based on what I've heard, I don't think I get as much hate as some other YouTubers. Um, I, I maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm just more used to it, but at this point, throw anything you like. Cause I've heard, <laughs> I have heard 
everything. <laughs> so there's not there's not a comment that I've, I haven't heard before. It's like, oh, um, they, look, people like to call me posh. It's like, okay, that's not an insult, but okay. Or or Tory is like, okay, apparently you think I vote conservative? That's fine. It's not, and they think that's an insult, and they get kicks out of it. And, <laughs> and I've heard, I won't say other ones I've heard, but. The, I don't think there's something I haven't heard before. So it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't, it, I don't take anything personally. It's sometimes on a, like maybe once a month, maybe not even that there's something that I really do take to heart. I'm not going to share that with them. They, I just reply to them sarcastically and get them to feel bad about themselves if I can. But I mean, give them airtime is a thing. I've been on a massive journey for the last six years going from, being diagnosed with depression mm. and having therapy, medication, coming out the other side, moved on to different therapists. And one of the things I learned through friends that are on social media is the best thing is not to give them any airtime, delete and block. Yeah. Don't even give it any headspace and just move on because that person's got something going on in their life yeah. that makes them so yeah, negative um, and sways them that way. And you, you can't give them the headspace because that is, it will affect you. And yeah. you don't even... You don't know who they are. No. I'm the other way around. But how, most most of the time that's the case. But as Sam's saying, sometimes it is good because it keeps them coming back and replying and then more people reply and then you get more comments and comments are good on YouTube. It keeps people watching their videos. So they their negative has been turned into a positive. They're actually helping me out. They're getting more views. And then I think how I've won. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, what, what's I'm your stance like, on, on the, it? On the VimWiki side of things, I've got about millions of views on VimWiki, right? And with VimWiki, how it works is you are one person, a storyteller, telling a story about something that's happened in your life, yeah? yeah. And I get, honestly, I go for every comment. I reply to every single one. <laughs> Thanks for watching, like all the nice well, ones. You do, because then if they want to follow you onto your YouTube oh, it, channel, it's great, because then you're giving Chris yes, subscribers, because they're watching you, it, because they like you. And you get like, I fucking can't stand the way this guy fucking talks. It's like, me neither. Right? I just <laughs> respond. I was like- I just reply uh, saying, stop watching them. No, I don't. I just go, I was like, me, me too. I can't stand watching my own videos, lol. Right? Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, but this isn't about you. This is about Sam Hard. Oh, I'm Sam Hard? Oh. <laughs> Next time I'll try and pronounce my T's a little bit better. And they go, lol. And they're, and they're like, subscribe. And then I get a subscriber. I have people like, this pompous twat, never watched a big uh, Batman movie. What a fucking dickhead. I said, well, I have now. All because of your lovely comment. Thank you for directing me in the right direction. Yeah. I hope you have a great day. That's a similar thing so I've done I, like, before. Smash every, yeah. like Chiro taught me, smash every negative with a positive. Yeah. And even um, some of the comments are like, I thought this was going to be someone else's video and it's fucking Sam again. I was like, right, I know it's so annoying. But if you skip to episode 42, I come back again if you want to catch up with me. <laughs> and like, she, Ed's like, how do you, how are you so positive all these negatives? I'm like, I don't care because I, I am the, the bullied in the past, right? And if I knew back when I was 17 years old, if I just come out with a slimy, hilarious comment, Instead of instead of either ignoring it, shying away and not even responding and then other people join in and batter you. If if I went back with like, well, you know, it is what it is, just gotta be yourself. I think people would just be like, oh, fucking hell, we don't give a shit and leave it. And I think if you could sort of give people the advice back in the day that you don't need to be the most popular, you don't need to be the quirkiest or, you know, the, the funniest or have the most girlfriends, all you need to do is have a line just to direct that attention away from you and you can be who you are. Although and, most girlfriends help. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's how I deal with it. Smash them back with a positive and they just don't know what to do. You know. It's good. I think sometimes if you have a negative and you don't notice it to start with and it sort of sits there and then you see your, your other fans or um, subscribers oh. 
Oh, you'll see on that person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, and then that great. person just gets ripped to pieces. See, some think, stories, God, this... little comment that someone does. And I'm like, oh, I should really respond to that. It's a really negative comment. And there's like 10 people going, Sam's a really good guy. At least he goes out and yeah, does all this brilliant. crazy stuff. He's yeah. got the proof to back it up. And then the people are like, you're a fucking liar. You never did this. And, and then everyone's like, he did. I was with him. Like even yeah. these people that I've never met are just jumping on my bandwagon. You know? A lot of the negatives are from people that have found your channel, whether it be on Facebook or YouTube for the first time, and they don't quite get it. And they yes. just go there and they go, oh, no, no. but I, so I was thinking, you don't go up to this... A, a, an artist on the streets creating these beautiful landscapes saying, that looks awful. Like, it, but like, maybe as a, as a joke, you still wouldn't. You just but, wouldn't do it. But you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't rip into them. You wouldn't, them. Yeah, exactly. you wouldn't. And that's what they're doing. They're just going, finding up my video that they don't have to watch. They don't have to pay to watch it. And they're saying, oh, your, your voice is annoying or something. I don't know, something more creative than that. But you don't, <laughs> you just don't do it. And No, no, it's, it's, it's weird. With our, our YouTube channel, obviously we create a story and we do do some things which are a little bit silly. Then when we put a clip on TikTok or Facebook, <laughs> they don't get the no, whole part. They don't, no, they don't. And then like, you'll have a, a comment and it's like, oh yeah. And uh, I started to hide the comments and I thought I'm hiding more than I'm showing. Because it was like, yeah, when, when they don't, like you say, when they don't know yeah. the full story, they don't understand who you are. It's, uh, yeah, the short form stuff can be yeah. quite brutal. Yeah. And on Facebook, it's like, about seven minutes of my life, I won't get back. And you're thinking, why did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, why did you stop Seven it minutes. <laughs> you get the, uh, the gist for it in the first few minutes. Oh. Or, or the whole ones where it's like, oh, I can't believe it's Sam Hard not watching this video. So yeah, but you did take time to write the comment yeah. though. Yeah. You know, so. Our Facebook one a lot of time or TikTok is why? And a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't really answer that. I'll yeah. be honest. I mean, why not? That that thing, <laughs> the whole point of it is to attract negative comments, surely. And you, you know you're going to get it. And they don't understand that we, we're like energy vampires. We're feeding off their bad energy. And it's like, that, that's the point of it. And while we're talking about that, though, it's like the fact that people think they can come up to it at a car show, like oh. a British motor show, and draw in the dirt as it like yeah. touch it and maybe yeah, Yanni didn't help with that did he <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like I'm alright with sometimes people draw penises on there and I said to it's not to scale like if you're going to draw it on there, I at least want it to scale and when Where they do a little one everyone thinks that's what it's attracting but no if you're going to draw a penis on my car do a big one and with a bit, a bit out and on that note <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's you know, it's, I don't know, it, the problem we had with when somebody, when one person has done it, then everyone thinks it's a free for all. So yeah. if you can stop that first person doing it, nobody touches it. It's literally just because somebody's in a name in there. So they've just think, oh, that's obviously what people are doing. At um, Silverstone Classic this year, we were, I was in my girlfriend's car because both my classics were broken and still are. And <laughs> we were parked in this kind of odds and sods section next to, I can't remember what it is. It's a it's a 1930s vehicle. And I'm not so good at my, my pre-wars and, and vintage cars, but um, there was, it was just sat there and there was this, this family that were around it and they were kind of getting pictures with it and then getting pictures of their kind of, leg on the the side sill like the, the step i was thinking well, that's i don't think that's their car and then one of the the girls kind of op opened the door of it to she didn't sit inside it, but she opened the door and uh, chloe chloe my girlfriend was just like a bit outraged and i was like we don't really it could be like their 
their co- like cousin's car or something, yeah, their family. Yeah. But I, I actually went up to it and said, excuse me, is that, is that your car? I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's like, so I, why, why are you touching it? Why, why did you open the door? And they, they were really taken back by it. And then, and then there was the guys that were in the group, they were trying to, I can't remember what they said. They were trying to obviously defend their, their girls because it was the girl that did it. And they obviously didn't like the fact that I just, oh. but that hopefully in my mind, that is, is now going to stay with them yeah, and they yeah. won't do it again. They know yeah. it's wrong. It's, it's unreal. We were at um, Goodwood Festival of Speed. I was on the Liberty walk stand and James had just moved his car into position, got out and he was talking to me. While he's doing that, someone's gone along to his MP4, uh, sorry, 650S Liberty walk. I keep having that banter with him about what it is and literally tried the door, opened it, sat in it, closed the door and they're trying it on for size. Yeah, they had to like go over and ask him to get out and it's like, like it's people seem car, to think, sure. yeah, is yeah. seem to think that that's acceptable. So, you know, my thing is, yeah, you put your cars on display at my events. If you're standing there, if you want people to send them, you let them into your car, yeah. you welcome in, but lock your cars. Yeah. We actually, I've only ever thrown one person out of a Chambre Hotel car show and he literally climbed into a spider. I can't remember if it was a Lamborghini Gallardo spider or a McLaren where the windows were down and the roof was off, climbed into it. Because the doors were locked, oh, and literally we again. ejected him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining a Looney Tunes with a like kick him out. Spring, eject him. Exactly. Yeah. What about when somebody gets really drunk? Do you have that, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, they're on the lookout for him at Goodwood Festival of Speed and Revival next year. They know who he is now. But we've not had that. We, we do. Had. There's some events that are dry events because it is uh, the venues say so that, you know, we work with different venues. We're fortunate enough to partner with different venues and we work within the parameters of that venue. And I'm always finding new venues and I like to know what that venue allows and what they don't. And as I say, I don't work as somebody that is booking a venue and I work in partnership with that venue because it's in everybody's interest to have a good event. If it's a dry event, obviously there's no alcohol on sale at all. But even where we do are, we are allowed bars on site. People driving the cars aren't getting drunk. No. And I've not ever had to eject someone for being drunk at an event. Wouldn't mind doing that. I've got a personal license. I know all the rules and everything else. Uh, run a licensed hotel for many years. Wouldn't have an issue, but I've just never come across it at a car show. I see you sort of like, bollocks sometimes people who sort of like rev or skid or spin on the way out but you do it quite funnily because you sort of um <laughs> embarrass <Yes>. them <laughs> happened at my show or unless yeah. you tell them they can't ever come back again and they come back and actually really apologize to you probably mm. the guy I've in the that. Supra. you know the guy in the supra that we named and shamed across social media because it's like a losing control video and obviously gets lots of views and everything but when we had a BMW leave one of the events last summer sideways, when we made it very clear on the microphone, anybody leaving, please leave safely, etc. You know, it's it's two way road coming outside. It's quite a busy road, and he left sideways. I put the video up, and the, my one my um, Giphy. I've got the Giphy guys, a friend of mine, and he created a Giphy where it's banned with my high vis on, and be, not because it's me or it's linked to petrol hedonism. That Giphy has had multi, multi, multi millions of views and uses across the world because it's the whole band thing. But I put that over him leaving sideways at an event and literally I let him back in because he sent me the nicest apologies. And then I had a conversation with him on the phone and um, learned that, you know, he learned his mistake and he's been safe ever since. But uh, yeah, if you do leave in a... A manner like that, and it is captured by Adam C or Scoop Supercars, and I do find that it's dangerously 
dangerous. I am going to publicly publicly make a band. You're yeah. not going to blur band. their plates. No, I'm, no, I'm not. But um, yeah, I. It's just in that moment. I don't want to give someone a bollocking. I don't want to go mental at them. But I will chase after them on my electric scooter or whatever oh, mode that's of been um, great. Whatever mode of transport I have, or even if I have to run, <laughs> I will go out to them. If they're doing donuts in the middle of the, the grass area at Turvey Manor or at Shuttleworth, I will go over there and I will shout. But I'll shout funny things as well. But I've seen, um, I think it was at Adam's show again, where one person revved. So then... Like, oh, I had a microphone, didn't I? Then everybody started yeah. <laughs> revving. Like, and that's sort of like, yeah, you only need that one person and everyone thinks, oh, this is allowed. And then all of a sudden there's 15... Doing we same. had that at Nebworth. The first year of Nebworth, we were very conscious that um, Martha, the lady of the house, and her general manager, Charlotte, were on tenterhooks about what Petron and Ive what actually was. And we had a kind of across the board, no kind of revving thing. But um, I remember two people revving off on one side and my marshal was saying, do I need to go shut that down? I was like, yes, but by the time they've done it, then people on the other side of the show yeah. started to rev off and then they're, they're revving off all around thinking it's the done thing. Yeah. And when you're sitting on a spot at a car show and you're just running the rev limiter, the people like Adam C love that because revolutions, yeah, yeah. but it's, it just, it's not conducive for a decent event because then everybody's doing it, you know, and I'm guilty at uh, GR8 in Belgium of revving my Lamborghini in an indoor venue. Um, and when I was told to stop, I, I stopped and it didn't happen again, but it did draw a crowd and the footage was amazing. So, but maybe the whole revving thing will end soon with the whole electric thing coming. So. No, electric is not the future. Uh, I'm kept my ear to the ground and also kept my eyes open on stories. And the fact that Porsche, VW have spent billions in building refineries for synthetic fuel. And then a few months after that, F1 said they're going to be fully synthetic by 2026. And then Lamborghini said... They're not iron up making a fully electric car because they're going to be using synthetic oils. Lamborghini is part of VW Group. Synthetic fuel is the future. I think I was sent something today where someone charged up their EV and it cost them £38.41 and it wasn't even a full charge and they complain about how much it's costing them to charge their car and with everything going up. How is EV the future? I'm sorry, but the EV is a soulless entity of a vehicle. (laughs) They're the driver Tesla, you'll get that engagement for maybe a day or two. You'll have a bit of fun pulling off at three seconds, not 60. There's so many people that can't handle that speed in the first place, but also it is totally soulless. It's great for somebody who wants to toddle around town to get from A to B. My auntie Jackie has one of those and she absolutely loves it. Suits her perfectly. But for anybody that's a petrol head that enjoys the experience of driving, whether it's a four pot to a V12. It's that feeling the car gives you. It it gets all the senses going. That's what it's about driving a combustion car. And that's why the future is synthetic fuels. People think that acceleration and, and, and winning races and, and, and speed, that's what the old, whole mission is like. Oh, my uh, Focus ST is quicker than your Cobra. It probably is quicker than my Cobra, but it's all about the experience, the sensation. Mm. You don't get that in an electric car. And the the phrase that I've said before is people with money tend to be the people with power. And people with money have money in classic cars. 
And these two fifty GTOs, they'll be completely worthless if you can't drive them. So they're never, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to get rid of any of that stuff. I no. mean, there's no infrastructure for it either. I mean, even America, let's say America is one of the biggest infrastructures in the world for electric vehicles. Even they struggle with 200 people queuing up for an EV point where they're all pushing their cars to get to to a, a charging point because they're dying. There is no way, unless every single petrol station, let's say by 2030 or whatever, never going to happen. Like never, never, never. There's no infrastructure for it. Not enough charging points. The electric's too much money. But don't misinterpret it either, Sam. It says by the time we're to 2030, all new vehicles will be electric. Yeah, that doesn't mean that all the old cars, all the combustion engines yeah. won't be able to get petrol. It's not going to happen. There's not enough. 100%. They're not sustainability. They are disposable vehicles. You know, there's no way you can swap out a battery and change one and it be, you know, like a carburetor or a brake cylinder or that kind of stuff that's just swappable. I'm, I'm a mechanic myself, you know? And when I started training, like, wow, I'm freaking old now, you know, 16, 17 years ago, and I started training, they talked about electric vehicles and they said, there's no way of sustainably making an electric vehicle that will last over 20 years, you know, and be warrantable, if that makes sense. So when a vehicle gets to 20 years old, the batteries, the motors, they'll all start deteriorating and the cost will always outweigh them. The product and the buildability of these vehicles is never going to be a standard that, you know, would warrant the prices that are attached to them. You know, a Rolls Royce is built and designed in such a way that when it goes wrong, you know, from 40 years ago, it's still repairable because the buildmanship is very high. With these cars being so mass produced and such a high value of money, the value of the scrappage of them and their sustainability to repair them is never going to actually be be actually future proof at all. No way. You got the um, story we heard at the weekend with a friend of ours about uh, the Cannonball Run. The first electric vehicle doing a Cannonball Run, setting a record, was twice the time of a petrol engine yep. vehicle. There's no because way because of the amount of time left to stop to charge. And they also said that the acceleration. Let's say you had. Let's say you're going to do the cannibal run from um, the, the Red Bull garage to, to the end line, right? And you're going to do it. You, We worked out that you'd need 111 cars to do it to match anywhere near a combustion engine. Because, yes, you can do an average speed of 135 mile an hour, like, you know, Ed Bolian has done, or 140 mile an hour. But to do that kind of speed in any kind of constant power, your battery drain will just go, you know, you may you have the a 400-mile no. range. If you're doing 140 mile out, you're probably going to get 100-mile range, yeah? So you're going to have to have like 112 cars stopped at each line to swap and get in the next one. The next, and that's not, that's no, that's no feat, is it? That's no endurance challenge. That's a, that's a relay race like me and Mark are good at. But, you know, there's no way. It's just not going to happen. That's like the opposite to combustion because in combustion cars, you can, whack it into sixth gear and just cruise along that's at it. top speeds. And that's actually almost better for fuel economy in, in a way. And for the environment. And oh, that's documentary efficiency. <laughs> so my, my dad uh, recently bought a Model X Tesla and it's the first time me and George went to go in it properly. And the acceleration was like, yeah, it was cool, but it was so, it was so constant that it didn't feel that fast. And then once it got there, Without the gear change, the sort of revving and all that lot, it was really, it was just numb, wasn't it, George? There was no, it was, yeah, there was not a lot of, I suppose it's just so um, constant it's, that it was. It's it a was, drone, it's it, robotic, it, it, it very was, illegal, very fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no point. I was like, oh, it's 60, cool, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, have you yeah, ever driven yeah. one of these like BT vans that have a speed limit of 60 and you get to the speed and then it's like, yeah. And you stop there and it's like the whole world's slowing down because because you're like, 
I've still got like, I'm going to get 2000 RPM. How have I stopped? Like whatever gear I am, I can't over go over that level of, of speed. And I can imagine that's what it feels like in an electric vehicle. When you run out of that speed, it's just like silence. It's so weird. I can't remember what year it was, 2016, 17, we had an event at Santa Pod and um, I took my friend's P90S uh, Tesla uh, to Santa Pod. I can't remember why I left the Lamborghini at home or whatever, but everybody else was there with supercars and I laid it up against a Mercedes SV launched it not to 113 miles an hour very very fast but 113 it topped out and then the Lamborghini caught up did that against Calvin and his GTR did it against numerous people and it was literally rotic you hit that ludicrous mode that launch it got to not to 113 as the times on the quarter mile when I got the printout were literally 0.1 of a second between them. It wow. is yeah. a drone. It that. is a robot. It's doing the same thing over and over again. So yes, I was bored. Yeah, we, we did the same sort of thing with a Tesla, with a, a, a testing sort of GPS thing. And 0 to 60, it was like, say, 3.6, and it was 3.61, 3.59, 3. Like, it was so close. And then did it in the... Aventador and it was like literally 3.8, 4.2, 3. Point, like it was absolutely all over the place. Over the place. One of like my things though place. with this EV generation of vehicles is the amount of tech they pack into these Teslas, the fart noises, being able to program the indicators. They don't do it on the combustion cars. It's like they're adding so many gimmicks to it, like the fish tank on the uh, Honda E. All these gimmicks that you don't get in your combustion cars as if they're trying to give you these dim gimmicks to make you want to buy the EV to make them more attractive. All those things could be in a combustion car. They'd probably mean it wouldn't drain the range as much. You'd still be able to get to where you wanted to go in your petrol car. But at least if you got to somewhere, you can fill it up and get on your way. We had an absolute nightmare with a Tesla X one night when we'd taken it to Carwell for yeah, filming. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And my stories that <laughs> night, so Dr. Minitor's story but was... The, the, the problem in the day as well, even the... Oh yeah, we had Never three mind or four night, different charging was, stations that we couldn't actually. But I mean, it wouldn't even perf perform in the day, would it? No. it? Getting there was a nightmare. The actual job it did there was no good, and then getting home was an even bigger nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. And then there the worst no thing was having to get recovered because we actually run out of electricity, juice, EV power completely while it's on the back of the recovery truck trying to get us to the supercharger. The alarm's going off. So then the twelve volt battery um, backup has gone flat and then we're just totally shafted. I had to get it recovered to Tesla, 300 pound for a new 12 volt battery that we didn't know where it was or we couldn't even jump it. The RAC yeah, came to no try, it's just dead. And I just think a lot of people are going to get mm. unstuck. And yet, like, despite all these quirks that they're putting on these electric cars, like the fish tank and the 0 to 60 in sub three seconds, it's still not an enthusiast's car. Like I know the likes of Shmi 150, as soon as he uploads an electric car video, it gets half or two thirds fewer views than any combustion vehicle. Wow. Does it really? I haven't even, uh, at British Motor Show, I did a video, <coughs> I didn't even market it about electric cars, but it began with electric cars. And that video did really, like probably the worst video I've had in years. There's, there's no enthusiasm there, really. People mm. don't want to see that. And and so car guys are not behind it. The general public aren't quite sold on it yet. And I don't think it's I've gonna... got very good petrol head friends that do own EVs. Yes. As part of their... EV head friends. Mm, possibly not, but... <laughs> They own them because of the tax break. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah so my dad's got a hybrid just because the company car yeah. tax for the hybrid. 100%. I know how the figures yeah. work on a company car tax and mm, everything else, and they're doing that 
because of that. And that's the only reason why. So my cousins, Nick and Rob, they got two Teslas, £220,000 off their, um, written off their tax bill. And they went out, bought body kits for them, nice wheels and stuff like that, just because they are enthusiasts. They want to drive something that looks good, attracts people. When you look at a Tesla, it looks like a drone version of a Ford Mondeo. You look at the Tesla 3, looks like a drone down robotic version of the Focus. But to be you fair, know, some, no of them, identity. <coughs> some of them are getting a bit like the Audi e-tron. Oh, the, they are good looking. Yeah, oh, some of them are, one, yeah. Great. But they're all putting weird, sorry. So I love a Taycan too. Take, Same okay, platform, yeah. You know? so the, like you say, the, the electric cars, they, they've got a look of electric. Yes, they? they always put weird wheels on them yeah. to show this is an electric vehicle. Or, look at this rim. It's got one spoke and a flower on it. Or, or a blue, <laughs> blue or green Oh, stripe. yes, blue or green. Yeah, yeah. That's There's one, the one car at the moment, EV, that I want to get. I want to try and see if I can get the first one in the UK. Is I want a Hummer EV. Have you seen these? Mm-hmm. You, yes. So you've got a big Hummer pickup truck that you, you, press, you press a button on the dashboard and the car crabs. So you can go along at 70 mile yes. an hour and change lanes on the motorway like a crab. It is the coolest. But again, that's another gimmick. It's a gimmick, a yeah. To, but, 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 uh, yeah. You know what? Well, hold on a minute. The wheels turn like that while you're going along. And no, so yeah, it's got like four wheels. wheel steering so you can... Oh. So you can actually change lanes like like a... Yeah, like that. There's it's a crazy. few videos in America of it. Like so, so Richard got one for his for, for two days and they were driving down the highway like... 80 mile an hour, press the button and change lanes. And the whole thing sort of just shimmies sideways. You don't steer like this. You go like this. And he said, you can also do like a circle. Like it's got the best turning circle of any truck of its size ever made in the world. So when you press another button, they basically do that and then go around like, like a circle is the coolest thing ever. And I haven't seen one in England yet. Uh, so haven't you got a cyber truck on order? Oh, that was about three years ago for my stag- when, When's it being delivered? Oh, 2022, mate. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's now gone to like 2023. But I was one of the first I completely people to forgot put, about them. When the EV launch for the cyber truck came, I put my uh, deposit down, it was like a hundred quid. And I went for like triple motors, a million horsepower as much as I could, because I thought it was stupid and it was cool and it was crazy. And I know that if I get it, I'll get it back and I'll just make 50 grand on it straight away because the first people that get them, they're just going to put whatever price tag they want on them. But but do you see how like, that's why that Elon is a bit clever. Well, a lot clever. He does that sort of thing, puts a show on and then basically people like you, me, everyone else puts deposit on. All they do is fund his business for his next project. And then he must have so many deposits which will they ever come to fruition? Obviously, oh. he's got to give it back at some stage. Of course he has. The but the, but, the, but the, we are running that company. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but the small print, isn't it? Like, um, if at any point you want to withdraw your deposit, within a second's notice, you click an email, the money's in your account. There is no messing. And, you know, I've, I kind of respect it, that. It's a £100, right? It's £100, but still. Yeah, but it was how many there was. It was, oh, something, yeah, it was something like... It, like in that four billion, or it was something like that. Was it was yeah. it was unbelievable. There was that many hundred pounds that it was it was an unbelievable amount of money. And so clever. He he basically what was it? It was probably a Model X with some square yeah. panels on. Yeah, and so he sort of so put it onto a stage, put, and then he got like you say something like four billion pounds, mad, which was like investment free, free. Investment. Yeah, and how much money is that making interest? You know, like yeah. every day, like you got to mm. be thinking his bank balance is probably up to like. 
sort of 20, 30 bill just off the interest. You think it's freaking Which isn't crazy. his money, you know, yeah. it's crazy. At any point you want your money back, you click that button and people I know have just withdrawn there. It was there. so interesting though. It could have been a thousand pound deposit. He, he was so clever it. with the hundred. Like if you're putting a deposit down on the Aventador replacement, which I'd imagine you have done, you know how much deposit you need to put down for that. The hundred pound was so clever yeah. because hundreds of thousands of people had a hundred pound just to throw at it. Everyone yeah. feels like they got the ownership all. I'm going to get a Tesla slimy truck. They're part of the club. They're like, I've paid this. I've got deposit. And it's like, it gives them the, the I've put a deposit down on a set, whatever they're called, slimy yeah. truck. Yeah. It, just it's for a cool the same. thing. Yeah. But you know, you look at what that man's achieved in his life, right? He says, oh, I'm going to make a, I'm going to be the first private man in the world to send a shuttle to, to the moon, you know? And even the US government was like, never going to happen, mate. He did it and did it and did it. Every time it went wrong, he was like, oh, this is fantastic. Most people are like, you're going to stop now because you've messed up. He's like, no, no, everything that goes wrong, I learned more and more about what I did till he got it on the moon or whatever. And then the US government were like, cool, here's 100 billion in funding. You're going to be like our new NASA, uh, right? And, and yeah. handed the funding over. When someone can put as much trust as the US government they're going to put into a privateer, as a person sitting the other side of the pond in England, they're going to throw 100 quid at him. Do you know what? If it pays off, it's a short yeah, bet, you yeah. know? There was, the, I think it was him. Um, somebody was telling me about a story about he likes to employ lazy people. It is him, isn't it? So he employs lazy people, and this is fantastic. So he employs a lazy person. Why does he employ a lazy person? Because a lazy person will find the best and easiest way to get to the goal. Mm. So wow. they find a way, a shortcut or whatever, but they, you know, they won't work hard. They just find a nice, easy way to get to the solution. Is there like a smart. forum of lazy people he could just dip into? <laughs> it's like, you, you, sir, lazy person, get over here, you're going to get a job. There's hope for me yet. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, like, like you've said you've got the car garage. How yep. many cars roughly have you got there today for sale? Uh, today I have 93, no, 89, because my lady sold four today. 89, so I said roughly, and he knows yeah. to the one. I That's love it. that. No, 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 no there's also about Can 12 you tell cars me the... he's lost this year somewhere. Oh, there's a story there. I, on average, my accountant says I lose 12 cars every per annum. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't remember where you've parked them or something. I have, uh, I drive down the road sometimes, and I notice a car on the side of the road, and I go, oh, Vox, of course, a D, 13 plate. Mm, it's been there a couple of weeks, of course. I give it another couple of weeks, and it's still there. Uh, I'm going to go back to my big box of keys that I don't know what they're for, and I'll find the Voxel ones, and I'll walk up to them and just try them, and if the battery's dead, I'll try the key. <laughs> now and again, they unlock, <laughs> and they're mine. <laughs> and they've been there for like nine months, and I forget. And I've got 125 cars at the moment, and it's ridiculous. I have cars stolen, and it's not worth going for insurance because yeah, yeah. this year I've had four cars stolen. I went for insurance for two of them because they were worth over 10 grand. And how long did it take you to realise it was stolen? Uh, probably two or three days on some of them because I, you know, I've i got a big... I, yeah. I own a small, like, 30-car garage here, but I have, like, 90 cars. There's 30 cars dotted in this car park with Smith's Toys and Donnell Mill. I have 30, and then, you know, there's a gym. There's, like, 10 in their car park. I know where I can upset people where I can't, and so I move them every couple of days. <laughs> And there was a transit tipper and it was like a 15 grand transit tipper and it was parked here on one day, came in the next day and I was like, oh, one of my guys must have moved it. Uh, two days later, I was like, oh, where's the transit tipper? It's cause I've got it. So normally I go out on a 10 minute walk to try and find one of my cars because it's like not in that car park, cool, it's not in that car park, it's not in that car. Oh, okay. oh my God, fear is really starting to, to set in. And I've got both sets of keys and I go in the folder. I'm like, okay, someone hasn't sold it from under me. Like one of my staff members might have sold it on a day I haven't been there. 
oh yeah, a, a tan transit tip has definitely been stolen. So yeah, it's quite scary. And um, I'll, I'll go to an MOT station and I'll drop a car for an MOT and they'll MOT it and I'll go to pick up the morning. It's gone. Someone will steal a car from outside an MOT station and just steal it. Um, I get cars nicked, cars broken into that I'll just scrap. And my accountant was like, where are these 14 cars? I was like, well, those five were stolen. Those four, I don't know where they are at the moment. So the DVLA have either taken them or I'll find them in the next sort of the next year. Um, and then probably three of them um, will actually end up just gone. And I don't actually have any excuse for it like at all. I lose the keys, the paperwork and the car and there's no excuse. So I just write it off. So it's like, well, I've either sold it and haven't done an invoice or I actually have no idea. Like it's ridiculous <laughs> when you've got this amount of cars and you don't have a secure facility to keep them, there is going to be that small percentage yeah, of losing yeah. cars, you know, is what it is. So I just want to say a massive thank you to these people sat here. We have we have had an amazing day. We've some, done some silly things, which obviously you'll be able to share and look at on all of these people's channels, which we will put in the description below so you can see what they've been up to. We could have died. <laughs> Today, Twice. today Twice. could have been the day. The somethingth of September could have been the day, <laughs> and that's when I wasn't there because you got into a lot more trouble when I when I wasn't <laughs> you, there. You got back, <laughs> and one of your cars was on its roof, and we were sat on the bottom of the car. I oh. turned up in a police car, and it yes. just got crazy. I came into that's the not an advert to watch the video. What is? <laughs> I came into the field, and where that go kart was, I sort of thought, well, where are they? And I looked to the side, and it was just <laughs> all of you stood on the top of an upside down BMW driven car. It's a fine line between Adam being excited, not knowing what he should do and just in pure panic. He rolled up in a ball on the floor and just giggled. <laughs> and it was like amazing. We achieved something that was naughty, but now I feel bad because I'm worried that we're over it. It was amazing. <laughs> it's been a fantastic day. It's been Thank flat. you, Mark, for your hospitality. No, Thank you it. for feeding us, watering us and giving us your toys to play. We've had an awesome time. No. And this is just the icing of the cake. Make sure you watch the video, but also subscribe to this podcast. With He's got some amazing guests coming, haven't you? Yeah, and like, drop us a comment if you uh, of who you want to see. And we'll obviously always get these uh, lovely people on again so we can talk more about their YouTube story. Yeah. Get Mark to bring us back. We want to roll more cars. Oh, we're going we're gonna <laughs> to... I think we should try and do that. I would like if we can get a roll cage and a helmet. No, oh, I think we should no. see how many times we, we will can die. roll a car. We down will Mark's die. <laughs> Everybody dies. It's just the times and places that differ. And imagine the views. Think <laughs> of the content. I want to dress up as Captain Chaos and drive your ambulance. Brilliant. Scoot wants to sleep in the back of your hearse, and I just want to smile and wave in the corner. <laughs> I'll just film it. <laughs> so, so on that note <laughs> we'll see you next time thanks for watching thank thanks, you guys. take care guys hi guys I'm Shmee <laughs> <laughs> who said that <laughs> that's definitely in the edit loop make sure you put that in <laughs>